Um, and just be another statistic and die of a preventable disease just like your dad or just like your grandparents or whatever and miss out on years of, of, of life with the ones you love. Or you can go just make this change and change your life and live a healthy life, a life that you're not doing harm to anybody else or the planet um, and find out how good you can be, how good you can feel. You know, thrive into your hundreds and be around for your grandkids, your great grandkids, and just really squeeze out all that life has to offer. Um, you know, that to me is, is veganism. Yeah, the environment and, and the uh, creatures on the planet. Yeah, that's that's totally there for me. But for me, it's about living life. It's about being in control of your own destiny, of your own health in being able to enjoy life in the ones you love and being there for them. Welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. I'm your host, Pat McCauley. This podcast is all about celebrating the lives of those who have adopted a plant-based or vegan lifestyle and how it has positively impacted their health, relationships, outlook on life, and so much more. For more episodes and information about the benefits of living a plant-based or vegan lifestyle, visit eatgreenmakegreen.com. This week's episode is sponsored by my program, Seven Weeks for the Rest of Your Life. Seven Weeks for the Rest of Your Life is designed to help people make the transition to a plant-based lifestyle, and in doing so, to heal inflammation, to lose weight, and finally keep it off to kick the medications, to heal the aches and pains, and take your health and life into your own hands and be around for years to come and truly enjoy all life has to offer. The program is not a diet or crash fitness program. It's a lifestyle change. Over the course of the seven weeks, I work with you to transition to a plant-based diet, how to incorporate basic movement into your daily life, how to breathe and reduce stress, and I give you all the tools you need to live this lifestyle for years to come. I teach you how to shop, how to cook, how to exercise, how to breathe, and how to truly change your life. By the end of the seven weeks, all you have to do is just keep doing what you're doing and keep living the lifestyle we've put in place. Notice I say lifestyle. That's because a lifestyle change is the only true way to long-term sustained health and wellness. The course is totally online and can be done from anywhere in the world. Um, then you talk with me weekly to answer questions and keep you on the right path to success as we go. Um, I'm currently enrolling people to start next Monday, June 12th. So to join, hop on over to eatgreenmakegreen.com slash coaching and schedule a call with me. Spaces do fill up pretty fast each month, so make sure to schedule your call as soon as you can. And I really look forward to working with some of you and um, changing your life. On this week's episode of the Eat Green, Make Green podcast, I sit down with me, myself, and I. This being episode number 11, which was my number in sports and somewhat of a lucky number to me, I thought it would be cool to tell my own story and how I ended up adopting a plant-based lifestyle and everything I have learned since doing so. I talk about a plant-based lifestyle from a health standpoint, an environmental standpoint, and a compassion standpoint. I discuss why eating meat and dairy is the single greatest threat to your health and how genetics are not to blame for your health issues. I talk about how we are in full control over our health and how feeling your best Dodging disease, living long, and being around for the ones you love is as simple as eating a whole foods, plant-based diet, moving a little each day, breathing, and loving. It's really that simple. My goal on this episode is to show you that vegans are not crazy, animal-loving hipsters or something. They're actually just regular people who became aware of the facts and made a logical decision to take their health into their own hands and stop living a life of harming others. I was going to script this one out, but I really feel like people relate to it when I just kind of talk from the heart and it gives a more authentic repre representation of me. So I do ramble on a bit uh, here and there, and I try to squeeze in a bunch of information within kind of the hour window, but I think I got the major points across, and I hope you all enjoy. So without further ado, here I am. 
What's up, everybody? To kind of reiterate what I said in the intro, basically th- this episode I thought it'd be cool. Uh, episode number eleven. That's was my number in sports and my kind of lucky number, if you will. So I thought it'd be cool to take this week's episode and just tell you my story for those that don't know, uh, for those that haven't read my book, Eat Green, Make Green, or followed me much, but have been kind of in tune with the podcast. Um, I thought it'd be a cool opportunity to uh, tell you my story and just you know show you uh, why I made the decision to become fully plant-based and, and vegan and how that all transpired. And kind of my goal with this episode is to kind of just say, show you that, Hey, you know, these, these vegan people, these, uh, you know, people not eating meat and dairy, uh, you know, we're, we're not all living in a van and wearing flannels and converse and, uh, these hippie individuals. Um, in fact, I, I hope what I can show you is that, um, you know, people that choose to, uh, adopt a plant-based or vegan lifestyle are usually pretty regular people who are very logical and they were just presented with information and were able to take action in their lives, um, for either health reasons or, um, environmental or animal reasons, which all of which I'm going to cover. Um, but yeah, so I just want to tell you my story and I'll start with that. And then I'm going to get into all of the things I've learned since making my change and, um, how, uh, it's changed my outlook on a bunch of different things. And, and I want you to know that I didn't just wake up one day and decide to be vegan. For me, it started with a health transformation, and from there, just based on what I had learned, um, I, I kind of put all the other pieces of the puzzle together. So anyway, my my journey started about two and a half years ago. So to give you an idea, I'm 25 years old. Um, it's the first few years after college that you know I'm not playing sports anymore, and I'm starting to look at things a little differently when it comes to, you know, keeping myself in shape and what I eat um, and in how to stay healthy. I'm kind of transitioning from, okay, you know, what have I been told to eat for sports to, okay, what do I need to do to eat for life? And for me, like, I was always the fit guy, right? I played sports all my life through college. I was always the fit guy. I was the active guy. And that was kind of like my identity, right? Um, and you know, I found myself at 25, I'm, you know, working out like a maniac. I'm talking like two, three hours a day, sometimes lifting and running and yoga, like all in the same day, just busting my ass. And I just can't achieve the body and kind of way I want to look and feel, um, you know, no matter how much I work out, how well I eat. So I was kind of prescribed to the whole, um, high protein, low carb, right? That's what I was always told in sports. That's what I feel like 99% of the population is, is told and believes that is kind of the optimal way of eating and staying thin, right? Right. Like, uh, you know, cut back on the carbs. So then your body's, you know, forced to use the, use your fat as energy. So it burns the fat and all these like total bullshit philosophies that, uh, we're told with this kind of high protein, low carb thing. So obviously with, with that in mind, right? Because that's what every doctor, nutritionist, everybody ever told me would, you know, keep the weight down and keep me looking and feeling the way I wanted. So I was eating things like lean meats, uh, eggs, um, you know, uh, occasionally some vegetables, but they were always, they were always a side, right? They were always a side to the lean chicken or, uh, the steak or, or whatever. So I was eating a lot of, um, you know, animal products. Uh, but what I thought w- was, was healthy that was going to keep me fit and keep me lean. Um, so anyway, I'm, uh, 25. I have a number of health issues, asthma, allergies, um, acne, you know, specifically on my back, on my face, uh, pale skin. Um, and I'm waking up every day with, these aches and pains to the point where, 
Uh, I had trouble tying my shoes a lot of the mornings. My hands hurt so bad. Um, constantly injured from exercise. Um, I had knee problems, ankle problems, joint problems of all kinds. Um, and I just knew, you know, I'm working out two, three hours a day like a crazy person. Um, I'm eating supposedly healthy, what everybody tells me is healthy and what, you know, even with me as a personal trainer at the time and kind of a, a health, health fitness freak, uh, and digging into all the information in, in, in that space led me to believe that I was eating correctly. Um, but I just knew like I was missing something. I just, I had all these health issues. I, you know, couldn't achieve how I wanted to look and feel. So I said, Hey, all right, let me try something I haven't tried. Okay. Let me, let me just have an open mind here for a minute. Let me put my high protein, low carb notion on the back burner for a minute. And let me just try something new. And for me, it just started with changing my breakfast. That was literally the first thing I did. And it was just, okay, let me, and to proceed that, it was just, let me try to get some more fruits and vegetables in my diet, right? No one ever has told you like more fruits and vegetables is bad. Although maybe some people have told you fruit because it's high in carbs and sugar, which is just, again, total bullshit. Um, but, you know, that's, that's what it started. Like nobody ever says more more vegetables is bad for you. So I was like, all right, let me just try to get more fruits and vegetables in my diet. I thought the easiest way to do that was to make a big green smoothie, uh, you know, with kale, spinach. Um, originally when I was making them, I had broccoli in there and, uh, you know, some bananas, blueberries, that sort of thing. Um, you know, some almond milk and, and just blend it up and, and have it for breakfast and see kind of, you know, how I felt, see if it, it helped, uh, some weight come off or some fat come off or whatever. Right. So started with a green smoothie for me, um, instead of my normal, like three or four eggs with some toast and some peanut butter on it. And I just noticed like when 11, 12 o'clock rolled around, like my energy was still super high. Um, you know, I found I didn't need as much coffee. My energy was just that much better from that breakfast smoothie. My digestion worked incredible. Um, just everything felt so much better in my body when I started my day with the green smoothie. Um, so I just was kind of like, whoa, like I feel so much better. Um, so, you know, it was probably three days with the green smoothie for breakfast. And then I said, you know what, I'm going to do this for lunch because it just had me feeling so good. So I, I did breakfast and lunch for a few days, right? And then just things really started to change. Like I, my, again, my digestion, my entire stomach of probably weeks worth of backup just completely emptied. I lost weight, fat started to disappear. And again, the energy, like my, my mental clarity, uh, you know, doing work every day and just my focus and ability to, uh, you know, accomplish tasks and thing like, things like that. Like I was just on a different level, right? Um, so there was probably like a 10 day period where I was doing like all these green smoothies and I just felt freaking incredible just to the level of, of incredible that I had never experienced in my life. So, um, you know, kind of through this whole period, you know, it's 10 days, mostly, um, you know, vegetables and fruits, of course, like, you know, my kind of athletic sort of fitness mind comes in and says, wow, you know, I'm probably like lacking protein or something. Um, so I should probably, you know, start adding in, you know, chicken and eggs and things like that back into my diet. But when I started to do that, right. So I had kind of over these 10 year days, like cleared out my system, right. It was, it was sort of somewhat of like a cleanse period. Um, and when I started to add foods back in, I, I really started to pay attention to how they made me feel. So when I had some eggs, when I had a piece of chicken, um, when I had a steak, when I, you know, uh, had anything, you know, simply put, if I had anything animal based, I just felt like a beached whale. Like I, I, I was so bloated, my energy plummeted. Um, you know, the aches and pains came back. Um, and, and I just felt horrible. So I just slowly kind of eliminated them, right? When I would have a food that 
made me feel crappy, I eliminated it from my diet. Uh, as simple as that. And I, um, again, it was it was every time I had a meat or dairy um, f- food. So I just I just eliminated it, and I didn't, you know. So probably about four, five, six weeks after kind of that initial ten day period of the green smoothie experiment. Um, I was vegan and it it wasn't an intentional thing. It was simply, you know, I cleansed the body and then I just listened to what made me feel good and what didn't make me feel good. Um, so I kind of just sort of walked backwards into being vegan because that's what made me feel and perform best. Um, and to get into a little bit more, not only just the, the energy and the mental performance and the mental clarity and the aches and pains going away. Um, but you know, physically like lifting weights, going for runs, everything got better and better and better. Um, and then over the next six months, literally everything that I had suffered from for 20, 25 years of my life just went away. Just, just like that, you know, things, you know, my asthma, my allergies, the acne, the pale skin, the aches and pains, the, the crappy night sleeps, you know, all of those things that plagued me for years just went away. You know, things like the asthma that I was given inhalers and, and medications, um, same with the acne, you know, given the creams and all, the, all that crap. Uh, the allergies, you know, I was supposed to be on allergy meds walking around with an EpiPen for the rest of my life. All of these things that doctors told me I was going to have to battle the rest of my life and take all of these things just disappeared simply by changing what I ate. Um, and no, I changed nothing else in my life but what I chose to eat every day. I still worked out the same. I still, nothing drastic happened in my life. It was only what I chose to put in my mouth and everything I suffered from went away. Um, after that, so that's six months, right? Literally six months. Um, all of this went away just by changing my diet. And on top of that, my career just skyrocketed. My, because of um, the mental clarity, because my, my, my confidence skyrocketed, my, my productivity, my everything just went to the next level. And me being an entrepreneur um, at the time, uh, and I still do have a venture uh, called Hint, which is um, a, a dating application, um, and that just took it to the next level. Being, you know, an entrepreneur, and you know, having made this change that gave me all this confidence, all this energy, all this focus. Um, literally, I attribute my diet change to any success I've had with, with, with my business. Um, and I, I mean that I can't attribute it to anything else. When I when you fee- wake up feeling that good, and you know you look amazing because of you know how you're eating and and how you feel, and you have this energy, things just happen. Um, so not only all the health issues went away, but my career just went to the next level. So all of this within literally a six month period happened to me. Um, in it just got me thinking, why at no point did any doctor, any coach, any nutritionist, any mentor, my parents, anyone tell me that, you know, hey, dude, if you want to get rid of the asthma, the allergies, all this stuff you're suffering from, oh, no, 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 you don't need to take the pills. You don't need to do any of that. You just need to avoid meat and dairy and eat whole plant foods. Why didn't anyone tell me that my entire life? Honestly, I was for, you know, a few months, I was really pissed off that I had gone that long in my life without knowing, right? I, I, I lived that long with doing so much damage to my body. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know, right? I didn't know the power of eating whole plant foods. Um, so it just really, A, it pissed me off, and B, you know, why didn't anybody tell me this? So the the whole experience from a health standpoint had such a profound impact on me that I just knew I had to do something about it. I had to tell other people. 
I had to tell other people that were struggling with health issues um, about my experience and say, hey, you know, there's another way. There's another way uh, than the doctor's office visits and the medications and all this pain and suffering. You just need to change what you eat and do every day. Um, so I really just um, dove into researching um, on, on, on a plant-based diet. Uh, I wrote my book, Eat Green, Make Green, um, you know, telling, telling my story a lot like what I'm going through today and telling you. Um, and during the whole writing of my book is when I spent, you know, a year learning, a year, um, you know, learning from uh, kind of doctors in the plant-based world and nutritionists in the plant-based world and just really looking at all the science and facts uh, behind food and what we eat every day. And what I found was just crazy. It, it, it blew my mind and continues to blow my mind and is exactly why I do what I do today so I can share it with people. So um, on, the health stamp, on the health side of it, right, what I found was, you know, when you put aside all of the bogus science out there, all of the um, kind of BS studies, all of the uh, things that tell you you need protein and you need this, you need that, you need that, uh, and you look at the real studies, the real science, the real medical journal published peer-reviewed studies, the facts, right? <clears throat> you find that it all points in one very, very clear direction, and that is a plant-based diet. And what you find is all of the diseases that we are plagued with today, heart disease, obesity, uh, cancers of, of all kinds, Alzheimer's, um, all these diseases that have come become uh, quite normal to Americans and to developing countries and, and, and developed countries all around the world, um, it all comes back to meat and dairy consumption. Um, they all stem from cholesterol and they all stem from animal-based protein. It's as simple as that. Every study points to this. Um, so where does cholesterol come from? Uh, cholesterol comes from trans fat, saturated fat, and dietary cholesterol. Well, where do those three co things come from? They come from animal-based products and they come from processed foods. I mean, it, it, it's really <laughs> that simple. And I'm going to leave a bunch of uh, links in the show notes this week to studies and whatnot that kind of point all this out. Um, but it's really crystal clear, right? Cholesterol, right? It clogs our arteries. Uh, when our arteries get clogged to our heart, we have a heart attack and we develop heart disease. Um, when it clogs our arteries to our brain, we have a stroke. We um, develop Alzheimer's, right? Um, and, and on the cancer front, it, it, it feeds cancer. Cholesterol and animal-based protein feeds cancer. If you look at other parts of the world that don't consume large amounts of meat, dairy, and processed foods, those are the ones that are living the longest. And they uh, are, are societies um, in, in places that we call blue zones. Um, if you don't know what blue zones are, just Google it. But kind of the one commonality, there's a bunch of commonalities amongst the blue zones, um, from having a strong sense of community to um, kind of mixing in exercise in their daily uh, lives. So just like walking to get something uh, throughout the day and moving throughout the day. That's part of their life. So movement, a strong sense of community, um, and all their diets are, you know, about 95% plant-based with, you know, the occasional, depending on, on what zone we're talking about, the occasional maybe uh, fish or the occasional... Um, you know, glass of milk or, or something like that. Um, but they all <laughs> are plant-based. All of the longest living uh, societies in the world are plant-based. And they don't know what cancer is. They don't know what heart disease is because it's just not something that happens, right? But as you move to the uh, industrialized parts of the world, the modern westernized parts of the world um, that eat meat and dairy on a regular basis, this is where, you know, you, you see all the heart disease, all the obesity, 
all the cancers, all the Alzheimer's, all, all, all of these diseases that kill us all. So here's a crazy statistic for you. Did you know that it's estimated that less than 3% of all cancers stem from purely genetic factors? So that means over 97% of all the cancers that you know plague us today are, are from what we eat and do. It's from lifestyle, right? Um, that's crazy. So, you know, we, we tend to blame cancers and kind of these unexplainable diseases on genetics, right? On, oh, you know, my, my dad had a history of heart disease or my mother had breast cancer and all this. And we think it's a genetic predisposition that we're going to get that. And then we throw our hands up and there's nothing that we can do, but that's absolutely false. 90, over 97% of, of cancer in these other, what I call lifestyle diseases, diseases that are preventable by how you eat and live. Um, 97% of them are, are, are based on your lifestyle. So only 3% or less of, of cancers of, of these, these Western diseases, um, are like, you know, genetic rarities, you know, that you actually were born with the cancer or you had no way of preventing the cancer less than 3%. What about the what about the genetics, right? The the question of genetics. Yes, you know, we have genes for cancer. We all have genes for cancer. Um but you choose whether or not to feed it or or fight the cancer. So one of the best examples I've read of this um is in a book called The China Study. If you haven't read The China Study, like it'll change your life if you choose to let it change your life. But it was a the, the largest nutritional study ever done um, in the world to date uh, that looked at almost the entire population of China. And um, basically, it showed that uh, the... Uh, populations in the rural areas that were living off the land, living, you know, mostly plant-based diets versus the people living in the cities that, you know, were modernized eating a bunch of meat and dairy. Um, you know, the, 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 the ones in the, in the urban setting eating the meat and dairy had all the disease, had the heart disease, had the cancers. And those living, um, plant-based in the rural areas of China just didn't see barely any of those diseases. Again, they didn't even know, uh, a lot like the Blue Zones, they just didn't even uh, know what those diseases um, were. But anyway, the example given um, in the book is that cancer, picture, um, picture a lawn, right? We all have the seeds for cancer in us. So, you know, you, you have the seeds... Uh, to grow, to grow your lawn, right? Um, those seeds only grow if you, you know, put them in the right condition. If you give them light, if you water the seeds, if you, you know, make sure the temperature's right. Uh, that's the only way the grass grows into a lawn, right? And, um, if you do not give those seeds light, if you don't give them water, then they don't grow. And that's the, uh, the same for cancer. You know, we have the seeds for cancer in us. We all have the genes of cancer and we choose to either feed them and, and, and let them grow or, or not. Um, and that is largely based on what we eat and what we do every day. It, it's really that simple. So I learn all this, right? And I realize, wow, like my health is totally in my hands, you know, and I look around at all the disease and all the uh, obesity, and I just get saddened, right? You know, a, a few months ago, um, I watched my grandmother die, and she was on all kinds of pills for years, and literally died coughing up black. She was on morphine and all kinds of pills, and it was just sad because I knew with the information that I now had, I knew all of that was pre preventable. If somebody, you know, 20 years prior just gave my grandmother the information that I had and said, hey, you know, you just need to consume a plant-based diet and go for a walk every day, she'd be around today. She'd be 
living, she'd be thriving, she'd be spending time with her grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And it's just so sad that, you know, we live in a, a society that it, it's normal for people to die like that. Um, we live in a society that treats symptoms, not the underlying cause of those symptoms, which is diet and lifestyle, right? When you have um, asthma or you have a problem, right, that you go to the doctor for, right, you're given something to treat the symptoms. Nobody pays attention to what the underlying cause of the symptoms is, and that's your diet and lifestyle every single time. All of these sad things, right, the hospitals, the wheelchairs, the, the unexplainable heart attacks and the unexplainable sudden deaths that, that, that are normal, are, they don't have to be normal at all. We, we've made them normal. They're not normal to people in the world that, you know, live a plant-based lifestyle. These things don't happen, and they're all avoidable, and we can all be around to thrive into old age and, and, and be around for the ones we love um, and not medicated and not, you know, essentially dying, right? Um, so again, I'm going to leave a bunch of links um, in the show notes, but those are the facts, right? Um, another thing I'd like to point out, right? When, when somebody gets cancer, um, you know, like I have a, I know a fair amount of people who have gotten cancer and you hear it all the time of like, you know, celebrities in the news that get cancer and they beat cancer. And then because their life depends on it, they research nutrition like their life depends on it. And what do they all come out finding? They all come out being vegan, right? You, you read it all the time in the news. Oh, you know, so-and-so goes vegan after breast cancer scare. And, you know, so-and-so is now vegan after, you know, surviving this and that. And it's like, yeah, that's because their life depended on it. So they took the time to look at the facts and they said, oh, I can't be eating meat and dairy. Um, I just find that, you know, as just like a hello. Yeah, like you know, just, just look at this. This person's life depends on it and they're going to, they're going to become vegan. So what's great about all this is that we're in full control over our health, right? We're not subject to the doctor's visits, the medications, the weight and health issues for the rest of our life. We just have to change what we eat and do every day. I mean, I'm trying to, without like harping on all the negative, I, I want this to be positive to let you know that you're in control, right? Um, you you just have to change what you eat and do on a daily basis. You don't have to be in the pain. You don't have to have the arthritis. You don't have to have all these complications um, and, and be kind of this puppet in this, uh, you know, kind of medical, pharmaceutical uh, cycle that, that most of us live in. Um, so anyway, uh, again, I'll, I'll put the links in, in the show notes for more information on kind of the health side. So for me, after that experience of my personal health and then really digging into the research and seeing, um, you know, all of the facts that kind of, um, that kind of said, Hey, yeah, you know, this is why I, I started to feel so good when I adopted a plant-based diet, you know, because I wasn't feeding disease. I was, I was, I was, I was helping my, I was letting my body thrive and giving my body what it needs, um, so after all that and everything I discovered from a health standpoint, next came um, the environmental side of things. Um, and as I go through this, just to give you a, um, a a little more context, kind of the three reasons why most people go go vegan. One is either for your health, two is for uh, the health of the the planet or the environment, and the third thing is uh, for animals. So those the the environment and animals is is the next two things I'm going to co cover. That um, again are things that I just discovered as I went. Uh, it wasn't the reason for me um, changing the way I lived, but it, I just discovered it um, as I went. So the environment, right? This is something I found out again as I kind of dove more into this um, global warming, climate change, right? It's the most talked about thing uh, when it comes to environment over the past, you know, 50 years. We all know it's a real problem. We know the earth's getting warmer. 
We know, you know, this crazy weather is starting to happen. You know, islands are becoming flooded and underwater. We know it's, it's the biggest problem from an environmental standpoint uh, that we face, right? And I completely used to think that, well, you know, if I use Energy Star appliances and if I'm mindful of how long my shower is and I make sure I recycle and all this, that, you know, I was doing my part, right? But what, when I learned more about, you know, veganism and a plant-based diet, um, you know, I found that actually the meat and dairy industry is the number one cause of global warming on the planet more than the entire transportation industry combined. Um, I'm going to say that one more time. Meat and dairy, uh, the meat and dairy industry is the number one cause of global warming on the planet, more than the entire transportation industry. That's, that's automobile, plane, uh, uh, train, uh, the entire industry combined. It is the number one cause. And why does, you know, why is that? How is that possible? You know, you're, you're saying, Pat, give me a break. Why, you know, why is that? Well, first, um, the land, the land. So uh, I'm going to read a, a couple facts in a minute here from my book on, on the environment side. Um, but in terms of the land, did you know that one third of the land of the U S is used for the raising of, of livestock? One third of the land of in, in the U S the entire U S a third of it is um, actually, I'm sorry, uh, that's wrong. A third of the, of the planet, um, is, is used for the raising of livestock. That's just absolutely insane. Um, but anyway, so the land you need, uh, to, to raise li livestock, you, you go out, you find forest, you cut down all the trees and you, you need the land to actually raise the, the, the animals. Then you got to grow a crap ton of food uh, to feed hundreds of millions of animals. Okay. So you got to grow food to, to feed these animals. Then all of the energy, all of the fossil fuels needed to kill those animals, to package them, to ship them. Um, that requires enormous amounts of, of fossil fuels. Um, so the whole process, right? Um, requires enormous amounts of land, water, in fossil fuels, all of which release greenhouse gases and um, contribute to to um, global warming. Okay, so I'm going to read a couple uh, stats from uh, my book here, um, from uh, the environmental side of things here. So, uh, and I'm just going to kind of pick randomly in each category of emissions, water, land, and resources. So under emissions here, okay. If one person switches from a regular car to a hybrid car, they'll cut CO2 emissions by one ton each year. Yet, if only one person switches to a vegan diet, they'll cut CO2 emissions by 1.5 tons. Chicken, turkeys, pigs, and cows are the largest producers of methane in the U.S. Again, methane... Um, in, in CO2 are, are greenhouse gases. So when I'm referring to them, that, those are the gases that contribute to global warming. Um, a single calorie of meat protein takes 11 times more fossil fuels to produce than a single calorie of plant protein. Okay, on the waterfront, this one is ridiculous. Half of all water usage in the U.S. goes to raising animals for food. Half of all water. So when you're living in Southern California and, you know, the, the government tells you you can't water your lawn during a drought, just know that when you're eating your burger, that half of the entire water in the U.S. was used to make that burger and you can't water your lawn. So don't be pissed at the government for saying you can't water your lawn. Be pissed at the meat and dairy industry and be pissed at yourself for eating that burger and, and making the meat and dairy industry be so successful. Okay. It takes 2,400 gallons of water to produce one pound of meat versus it takes 25 gallons of water to produce one pound of wheat. You'd save more water by not eating a pound of meat than if you didn't shower for half a year. 
Again, another crazy statistic that really shows you the amount of water that goes into, um, you know, creating, uh, you know, a burger or a piece of meat for you. All right, on the land side, again, to reiterate, I said this one earlier, but the meat and dairy industry uses one-third of the Earth's land to raise livestock. So that's literally the size of Asia. I mean, that's just, that's just insane. Every single minute, the equivalent of seven football fields of land are destroyed for the use of raising livestock. Every minute, seven football fields worth of land. Uh, that's just sad. That's just sad. Thank God for kind of these national parks and things we can't touch that at least, you know, keep some of uh, the land around. To produce one pound of animal protein versus one pound of plant-based protein, it takes 12 times as much land, 13 times as much fossil fuel, and 15 times as much water. So I think you guys get the point here. There's all kinds of stats and figures on this, but, you know, the idea that, you know, changing your light bulb to, like, an energy-efficient light bulb and... Uh, you know, switching to a hybrid car and, you know, doing all these in recycling. And those are all really cute ideas, right? Like, and, and I don't mean to say, you know, don't do them. I don't want to discourage that. But those are minuscule, minuscule changes. Um, when the single greatest step you can take to uh, reduce greenhouse gases, to reduce global warming in in and keep the, the earth healthy is to stop eating meat and dairy. If we all did that, global warming would go away almost instantaneously. Um, so it, 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 I find it funny when you, you know, kind of run into environmentalists, if you will, um, and people that are crazy about recycling and crazy about, you know, uh, you know, energy efficiency and, you know, saving the planet. But, you know, then they sit down and eat a steak for dinner, and it's just totally, there's a huge disconnect there um, when, uh, again, meat and dairy is the number one cause of global warming on Earth. Um, so we all just have to, you know, you, you just got to, uh, you know, if the environment kind of side of this resonates with you, awesome. Um, but, you know, obviously, if you make this change, like, you're going to feel it in your health, uh, too. So, it, again, I've covered two things so far. Uh, the health of, of you personally and the health of the environment. And if you're passionate about either um, or care about either, then you really shouldn't be consuming meat and dairy. Um, all right, so those are kind of the first two, my personal health. Uh, then I became aware of what my eating decisions impact had on the earth. And then the third thing that came was animals. Okay, now... A lot of you non-vegan listeners are probably like, oh, shut up, you know, you, you know, like I'm just an animal activist type of person. And I, I get that. I, um, was there with you, um, you know, only two, three years ago. Um, and I, you know, kind of saw animal activists as just crazy people and, uh, didn't really give them the time of day, um, and just, really did think they were crazy people, to be honest with you. Um, but to kind of give you a sense of how I kind of put two and two together when it came to animals, um, I, first of all, I didn't grow up around animals or on a farm or anything like that. Like, I never interacted with cows or pigs or any of that. So there was never a connection between, you know, me having a cheeseburger to you know, the fact that I'm actually eating a cow, right? You don't see any of that. You only see the filet mignon on your plate with the potatoes and the, you know, you, you only see the finished product. You don't connect with the fact that you're eating like uh, another creature. So anyway, um, about a year and a half, two years ago, um, there's a place um, in the town I grew up uh, in Hingham, Mass that I take a walk to all the time called Turkey Hill. And it's kind of this little protected uh, area, uh, has an amazing view of Boston. I walk up there all the time. And uh, this one time, um, you know, the cows, there's, there's some, uh, a small farm up there. And there were some cows uh, roaming around. And 
Uh, a few of them were real close to the fence that kind of abuts the uh, walking path. So I go over and I, w- I went over to kind of check out this cow. And I go up to the fence and, you know, the cow comes walking right over to me. And he, he's wagging his tail and he he's trying to get me to feed grass. And he's just like such a cool, friendly creature. And at that moment, it just all kind of clicked for me, um, you know, this, the cow was no different than if I walked up to a dog. Like, it was the same exact reaction. Like, happy to see you, wagging its tail, like, feed me, pet me, uh, you know, play with me. Like, same exact reaction. And I was like, oh my God, how did I go 25 years of my life without seeing this, without, like, making this connection? Um, in, it got me thinking, why do we adore cats and dogs and, and what we consider pets, but we kill and eat cows, pigs, and, and you know, these other animals that we eat, right? If you kick a dog, like you can do jail time, but we literally enslave, slaughter, and then eat pigs and cows, like what? Like, it's just totally backwards. Like, it's, it's, how, how did we get to that point? Who decided one was okay to eat and the other one, if you kick them, you go to jail? Like, it just makes no sense. And furthermore, um, if you want to play like, oh, well, you know, pigs and cows are stupid. Like, my dog's a, a purebred, very smart man's best friend, you know, sure. But, but pigs, are one of the smartest animals on the planet. They're they're way smarter than your your Labrador. They're way smarter than your yellow lab. That's been proven in studies and studies and studies. So I just you need to step back and think about you know why is it okay to kill one and eat one, and why is it why is it you know why do we adore the other, and and when you kick that one, you, you go to jail. So. Um, and furthermore, right, when you really start looking behind the curtain and you look at the meat and dairy industry and, you know, uh, like I encourage you to go on YouTube and um, just look at, you know, slaughterhouse cruelty and things like that and see, like, just just watch it. I, it's hard to watch, but you, you should know, right? Um, you know, watch the, the pig being slit at the throat while it's hung upside down and and tortured and and like just go like you you owe it to yourself to actually see the cruelty behind you know what ends up on your plate as bacon or what ends up on your plate as steak it's just it's it's just totally wrong right if 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 i walked into a dinner party right if i'm going over some friend's house and i walked into the dinner party and i brought i brought a cute little baby pig right brought it in on a leash and it was kind of like my pet or whatever everyone in that room would come over and say, oh, it's so cute, and, and you'd pet the pig, and you'd you'd play with it, you'd play fetch with it, and you'd, oh, it's so cute. And then we'd all sit down to dinner, and we'd be eating like a BLT, or we'd be eating a steak, and we'd be literally eating that same creature that we just looked at, and petted, and played with, and connected with, and appreciated it for the, the beautiful creature it is. Um, so that that connection is just is not there and you need to know that when you do sit down to your bacon and eggs when you sit down to your steak when you sit down to your burger that is another creature that inhabits this earth just like humans just like us just like your freaking dog in and it's just wrong to be eating them so those are the those are the three pillars right there right the health the environment the animals and I hope I gave you, um, you know, uh, a, a good kind of overview of all three of those. Um, whatever, like they, they all work together, right? If you, um, resonate with the fact that, oh my God, like I've been eating those cute little pigs or, um, oh my God, you know, I've been really harming the environment or, oh my God, like, you know, meat and dairy is the reason why I have allergies and the w- reason why I had a heart attack last year. Whatever part of this you resonate with, it doesn't really matter. All point to, um, you know, eating less of the bad, eating less of the animal products and eating more plant-based, okay? Now, um, 
on top of kind of these three uh, pillars here, right? If you just step back from a logical uh, perspective on this whole thing and you look at humans, right? Let's just look at the human race on planet Earth, okay? If you take out all the modern crap, all the machinery, all the weapons, all the tools, like paleo, paleo's big right now. What did our ancestors eat? You know, what did the cavemen do? Uh, you know, what are, you know, let's all look back before modern technology and see, you know, what, what did humans, what were humans really meant to eat? And that's kind of the whole why people have jumped into the paleo movement, right? But okay, let's do that. Let's, let's go back and let's think about it, right? From a logical standpoint, what are humans meant to eat, right? Okay, let's look at our bodies, okay? Let's look at our teeth. They're, they're blunt. They're, our jaws grind, right? Uh, they're not meant to dig into flesh. They're not meant to take a bite out of a tiger, right? They're not meant to bite a squirrel. Uh, our teeth are like every other plant-eating creature on the planet. Our hands, they're not sharp. They don't have claws to rip through flesh. They're made for, they're made for picking. They're made for, um, you know, uh, eating with our hands. They're not, uh, again, our, our, our hands are like every other plant eating creature on the planet. Our digestive tracts, right? We have very long digestive tracts, um, that are made for breaking down specifically plant fibers, right? They're not short like, like meat eaters, like carnivores, like a, like a tiger or a lion has, has a very short, uh, digestive tract that's meant to get meat in and out, right? When we eat meat, um, you know, we have a very hard time breaking it down because our digestive system isn't made for it. That's why you feel like shit after you eat meat and dairy. Um, okay. The, one of the, the biggest ones when it comes to just looking at your body is, Humans do not have a defense against atherosclerosis. So what's atherosclerosis? It's, it's the clogging of your arteries. It's, it's again, kind of the root cause of, of so many of these diseases, right? The, the, the clogging of the arteries and the inflammation. Um, if you look at every other herbivore on the planet, every plant-eating species, they don't have a defense against atherosclerosis, so they, but they don't eat meat. So they don't have heart attacks. They don't have heart disease because they don't eat meat, but they don't eat meat because they don't have a defense against it. And they also, you know, don't have a means of killing another creature, um, which modern technology has allowed us to do. If you look at every other, um, carnivore on the planet, the meat eaters, they have a defense against it, right? So a lion can eat all the meat it wants, right? And plaque won't build up in its arteries because it has a defense against it. It, it, it naturally uh, doesn't allow that to happen, right? Even if you look at omnivores, uh, the other omnivores that eat both plant and, um, and, and meat, they have a defense against atherosclerosis. So uh, the ones that kind of combine meat and plants, which humans do, but uh, the animals that do that, the other creatures on Earth that do that outside of humans have a defense against their arteries clogging. Humans do not. Uh, another, another point to make, um, just, just again, thinking about it logically, right? Are you, when we see roadkill on the side of the road, when we see blood and guts, when we see a dead animal, you know, nobody, none of us are like, mmm, that looks good. Like, I want to take a bite. I, like, that, <laughs> it doesn't happen. We are naturally turned off by that. It's a natural, like, oh, that's, oh, not only the smell, but, you know, whereas, like, a meat-eating, like, lion loves the smell and loves the blood and all these things that we are just totally turned off from. So you think about all these things, the the the, the physical traits of us, the natural tendencies of us, Everything says we are not meant to eat meat and dairy. We're not meant to eat other animals. Um, if you took out all the modern tools um, and you said, again, going back to our ancestors, and you said, all right, you need to eat to survive, we couldn't go kill an animal like and take a bite out of an animal. We, we just don't have the teeth. We don't have the claws. We don't have the, the and we're not drawn to it right? We're, we're simply not built for it. 
right? We're, we're built for picking fruit off of a tree. We're built for planting seeds and, and picking berries and, and you know, uh, eating off the land. That's what we're built for. Um, so, you know, if you want to look back and, and, and look at kind of how we're built and what we're truly made to eat, everything points. And, and it's, it's, again, reinforces kind of the science behind the health side of all this. It, it just shows you that we're not made to eat animals. Okay, so hopefully you guys are kind of picking up what I'm putting down at this point, and logically all of this makes sense, right? Pat, yeah, I get it. You know, uh, uh, health-wise, uh, planet-wise, animal-wise, uh, just logical, big picture, physically as a human, like I get it. Like the, what you're saying makes sense. I, I hope I've done a good job to kind of... Um, get that across, right? But in the back of your mind, I know you're saying, again, to the non-vegan listeners, I know you're saying, uh, okay, like that all makes sense. I resonate with all that, but I can't make that change because, and I know you have two main concerns and I feel these questions all the time. Your first concern is malnutrition and your second concern, whether you're, you're going to admit it or not is, is social pressures. Okay. So let me address the malnutrition side of this, right? So um, when the, the kind of natural uh, thought is, yo, you know, I would make this change in my life, but I wouldn't get enough protein. I wouldn't get enough B12. I wouldn't get enough omega-3s and all these things that, um, you know, we think as eating plant-based or being a vegan that we'd be deficient in, right? So first of all, on the protein front, we just totally over-exaggerate the amount of protein we need. There are people, myself included, thriving, that have muscle, that build muscle, that maintain muscle, that um, you know do totally fine on a fully plant-based vegan diet. Like, go check out some vegan bodybuilders. Um, you know, again, I'll put some links in the notes. Um, it's it's we just don't need all this protein from animal sources. And on top of that, you get plenty, you can get plenty of protein from, from plant-based sources. We don't need to be eating animal products to get protein. Um, on top of that, do you know anybody who recently has died of a protein deficiency? Absolutely not. That doesn't happen. It's not a thing. Um, it's just something we've, we've been kind of programmed to think that we need all this damn protein and it's just a load of shit. You need to recognize that. Um, the other, the other kind of nutrients we think we're going to be lacking, um, we, at, in general, we, we all think about what we're not getting, right? We all say, you know, when we're sick or we feel like crap, right? Oh, I must not be getting enough of this. I must not be getting enough omega-3s. I must not be getting enough vitamin D. All these things that when something's not feeling right, we say, I must not be getting enough of. And that is totally backwards because the reason we feel like shit is because we have an excess of all this crap in our bodies. What, what we should be looking at is not what we are not getting, but what we, um, what we are getting and address that. So address what you are reading because we're all getting more than enough of all the nutrients we need. We need to change the mindset of I'm deficient in something to... Let's let's address what I'm what I'm getting, um, and and make sure I'm I'm we we should actually be consuming less and, and consuming more of of plant based foods. Um, so again, protein's the big one on this that I get. Um, just look around; like there's so many plant based vegan athletes and and jacked people. Like the reason we think we're gonna be uh, deficient is because we think we're gonna be like skinny like. Southern California dudes living in a van down by the river or something. And that's like our picture of a vegan. Um, and then you read all these articles that, um, you know, uh, generally studies done by meat and dairy industry that say you can't like be strong as a vegan and you're going to develop anemia and all this crap. And you just need to look around, look at the people thriving as vegans, they, they don't go out of their way for protein. In fact, the single greatest decision you can make for your health um, after this podcast is stop thinking about protein, stop thinking about B12, stop thinking about all these micronutrients in food and just focus on one thing. 
Is it plant or is it animal? I'm going to eat the plant. Single greatest decision you can make in your health. It's that simple. So, uh, again, I, I cover all those nutrients in my book. If you want to check it out further, I'm, I know I'm blabbing on and I, I want to get kind of everything in on this podcast, uh, as best I can. So I'm going to kind of move past the malnutrition, but that is not, this should not be a concern at all. Um, and should not, should not prevent you from adopting a plant-based diet whatsoever. Again, just look at all the people thriving. Look at all the people that are just amazingly healthy. All the guys that are jacked um, in their eating plants, okay? Second part is the social pressure I get, right? Uh, clients I work with, uh, people I talk with, oh man, like I would, but like what am I going to eat on the 4th of July? Uh, you know, oh, but like my mom like always makes this like you know, we always have pork at Christmas or whatever. It's just like, like, or, or your friends, you know, especially guys, I get this a lot with guys like, oh, my friends are going to think I'm a pussy if I'm out to dinner. And like, you know, I order the salad and it's just like, I mean, first of all, if you're, if you're around people, whether it's friends or families that, uh, friends or family that, you know, you have in your life that are going to give you a hard time when you make a, you know, positive change in your life, well, you need to, you need to say fuck them, uh, and eliminate them from your life. Uh, so if you're around those types of people, A, get them, get them out from your life. Uh, and the second part of that is really like you're going to let kind of that social pressure, um, is that social pressure worth you, you know, having a heart attack at 60? Is that social pressure, uh, you know, worth all of the, harm to your body and all the harm to the the planet and the creatures on it. I mean, if, if you can't, uh, if you can't make, if you can't overcome that social pressure for your own health or, or, you know, not cause causing harm to anyone else else, then, I mean, honestly, it's, it's pathetic and you got bigger problems to be honest with you. So, uh, you know, malnutrition and social pressures, um, you know, those are the two main concerns and uh, so social wise, get over yourself. Like, come on, uh, if you really care about your health or the planet or other creatures on it, you'll make the change. Um, and malnutrition, like that's, that's just not a thing. Like, again, nobody like tell me, show me somebody that has been protein deficient or, or lacking these things and died from it. No, it, it's everybody's dying from all of the diseases caused by eating meat and dairy, not a deficiency. Okay. So I think I got to most of what I wanted to cover. Um, and I think, you know, you guys, you guys have kind of, uh, I, I, I flew through all that because I know I, I try to keep these podcasts around an hour so I don't lose you. But that's kind of the, the, the three pillars and, and all the facts and all the information and kind of my story all wrapped in there. And basically you have two, two paths you can, you can go from here after hearing this, right? You have the, you have all the information, you have the facts. Um, you can, you can go one of two ways. You can continue to poison your body. You can continue to battle health issues, or you'll certainly battle them in the future. You can continue to harm the planet and the other creatures that live on it. Uh, you can continue to kind of be this, this puppet of, of, um, of the, uh, pharmaceutical industry of the, of the medical, uh, industry and, and be drugged up and, and kind of, uh, just a pawn in that big, uh, scheme and, and going to doctors weekly and yearly and all this stuff. Um, and just be another statistic and die of a preventable disease, just like your dad or just like your grandparents or whatever, and miss out on years of, of, of life with the ones you love, or you can go just make this change and change your life and live a healthy life, a life that you're not doing harm to anybody else or the planet. Um, and find out how good you can be, how good you can feel, you know, thrive into your hundreds and be around for your grandkids, your great grandkids, and just really squeeze out all that life has to offer. Um, you know, that to me is, is veganism. Yeah. The environment and, and the, uh, creatures on the planet 
yeah, that's, that's totally there for me. But for me, it's about living life. It's about being in control of your own destiny, of your own health, and being able to enjoy life in the ones you love and being there for them. And um, I always tell this to my clients that you not taking the time to get your health in order to make these changes in your life is not a lot of people say, hey, you know, you know, me taking care of myself and taking the hour out of the day to go for a walk or the time to cook a good plant-based meal or the time to go to yoga or whatever. And I get this a lot from parents that that is, that's selfish. You know, I have kids, I have kids I have to look after. And what I say is by not taking care of yourself, you're the selfish one. You're the one that's going to battle health issues. You're the one that's going to be a burden to your kids at old age. You're the one that's going to die and not be around to take care of them. Um, so you're the, you're the selfish one for not taking the time to get your health in order. That's what this is all about. Okay. And, and it's about thriving into old age. It's about being healthy. It's about feeling your best. It's about living life. That's what a plant-based vegan lifestyle is. So I hope I proved to you that, look, you know, vegans aren't some crazy hipster people. Uh, you know, most of us are just logical people that want uh, to do right by our own health and right, right by, uh, you know, the health of the planet and, and the other creatures on it outside of humans. I guess the one difference is, you know, us vegans have the balls to take action um, and make the change in our life. So I hope this... Uh, episode kind of nudges you in the right direction if, you know, uh, some of the previous uh, episodes have not. Um, because I, I hope I gave kind of a really uh, good overview of this. And again, uh, you know, this is about living the best life you can. Um, thank you for listening. Again, it's really as simple as eating plants, moving a little every day, uh, you know, breathing and, and just loving, uh, loving life, loving the ones you spend it with and, and, uh, being around for them. So, uh, thanks. And, uh, I will, uh, resume the interview style, uh, podcast next week. Uh, talk to you guys soon. For those that are interested in adopting a plant-based lifestyle, you're in luck. That's what I do. I work with men and women all over the world to adopt this lifestyle, to heal inflammation, to get off their medications and treat their health at the source, which is with diet and lifestyle. My program called Seven Weeks for the Rest of Your Life is designed to teach you exactly how to transition into a healthier lifestyle. And I give you all the tools, all the resources, everything you need to adopt this lifestyle and apply it to your life for years to come. For more information on my course, pop over to eatgreenmakegreen.com slash coaching. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Have a great week. <music>